This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. Well, today it's just you and me in the studio, and I'm in Portland. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon, so why not talk about affordable housing in Cape Elizabeth? Last week, I talked to Penny Jordan, or the last time I had a show was with Penny Jordan, the Cape Elizabeth town councilor. If you missed that, check it out. Um, And the proposal that we're debating that has been in the papers and was recently in the Boston Globe is um, it's about so-called affordable housing, right? There's a housing crisis in many parts of the country. We've heard there was a moving story on NPR. A lot of people can't afford to live in the communities um, where, where, you know, where they want to live, where their kids go to school, where they work, where their families are, um, where it's safe. And that's a problem that has to be addressed. And so the question is, is there going to be a one-size fits all solution and obviously not and 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 the pr- the problem i have with the proposal in cape elizabeth is that it's applying an urban one size fits all solution to a problem and and not solving it instead just enriching already rich developers and private corporations and um and skewing the market so the proposal is to build a 49-unit behemoth of siding and pavement, literally a stone's throw away from my multi-use building, and um, completely publicly financed using main housing authority-backed mortgages that will be securitized and sold on Wall Street. Um, There'll be a sale of tax credits, also a Wall Street game as well as a TIF tax incremented financing. So there's no personal skin in the game despite references to uh, big people in town. It's a corporate deal that's going to be largely transacted on Wall Street and profit bondholders and investors greatly uh, because it's an investment in real estate and basically a like no risk town of Cape Elizabeth. Cape Elizabeth is about 10 miles north of Portland. It's one of Maine's most affluent towns. The median income is $123,000. 90% of the people work outside of town. 90% of the people own their own homes. Less than 4% live in poverty. Uh, the biggest employer is the town. Public employees making between fifty dollars and $100,000. Um, so our housing problem, the affordable housing problem that our town has is not homelessness. It's not um, a lot of the housing problems associated with urban areas. It's that our public workforce, our workforce, our teachers, our police officers can't afford to live in town. There's not a lot of rental options. We need more rental apartments for people making, um, you know, up to $100,000. That's what our workforce earns, the proposal would restrict 80% of the 49 units to people making less than basically $45,000. So instead of providing an opportunity for, like, you know, most of the people in Cape Elizabeth who need, it's excluding 22% of our citizens from from being eligible to even live there. And so the taxpayers are being asked to pay for this project that will profit 
the developer greatly and not solve our problem. And so I'm opposed to it for a lot of reasons. One of them is that this totally skews the market by redefining affordable housing. And this is something that's been whitewashed in this process. It's it, it's not even included really in the ordinance um, amendments that, that the term affordable housing is actually defined in our ordinance a couple different ways. In the front, it's you know defined as oh, it means whatever the state planning office says it means, or um, GCOG. Well, guess what? There's no more Maine State Planning Office, and, you know, the government council, whatever it is, doesn't have a a definition either. Um, Our developers already have to set aside 5 or 10% of housing um, for affordable housing as it's defined in our statute, which is, or our ordinance, as 80% of the median household income for Cumberland County, which works out to be about fifty-eight or $60,000. So we already define elsewhere in our town ordinance what affordable housing means. But this project, this one project that is being proposed, would redefine that to uh, people making less than 42000 And by doing so, we'll exclude 22% of Cape Elizabeth people who need help with housing. So that's like over a fifth of our citizens, our households, would be become ineligible for affordable housing assistance if this goes through. So that's a bad, that's one reason why it's bad. And the other reason why it's bad is because the rest of the people who own multi-use buildings in town center who would greatly benefit from the substantial zoning changes that are being proposed, and that's why I've proposed that they should be applied across the board. Uh, But we wouldn't if you can't charge more than $1,000 rent or whatever it is for people making less than $42,000, then it's hard to make the numbers work. So then w- instead of you know offering a market rate apartment to or affordable apartment to someone making between $150,000 and $100,000 without tax assistance, I could just charge a rent that gives a reasonable return. So this project, by redefining affordable housing, not only makes our workforce ineligible, but makes the rest of the small businesses in town who would benefit by competing for the market for rental apartments uh, would just push them out of the market, you know, because it's it makes it impossible to compete if, you, if you're not getting a government subsidy like Dunham Court will get. And, and so the question becomes, is that the best use of our taxpayer dollars to invest in a project that doesn't solve our local problem and actually discriminates against other small businesses. So this isn't a moral issue, this is a numbers issue. And I think people need to pay attention to the numbers when they think about this because it's an investment of public funds and what we want is a rate of return that will actually address our local problem. And I think that the process has also been way too quick and largely driven by the town planner um, and I think I have concerns about that because this is um, the person who apparently made all the appropriate recommendations for the Ocean House Commons village-style subdivision in the first place that we were told was going to be four lots with commercial activity on the bottom and apartments on top. Now, if that wasn't a good idea, if that wasn't feasible, I don't know why it was approved, and if it was feasible, then why are we? Why should we just jump on board with 
completely changing it without at least giving the rest of us in the town zone a chance to experiment with these zoning amendments and see if the market can provide a better solution or the town's investment of its own funds could provide a better solution. I mean, there's there's no reason why low-income tax credits should be directed to Cape Elizabeth. I mean, if you look at what the Dunham Court Corporation, Zanton Company, is proposing, the financing, it's they're going to raise uh, like 28,000 or 28% of the entire project cost that they estimate to be about $12.5 million. They're going to raise 28% of that, or they say $3.5 million um, selling um, tax credits now. They say they have to do that to, um, you know, that and the TIF and all this other stuff. They're, they're, they have to raise $750,000. So they, we're going to get there's this major financial distortion, right? We have all these bells and whistles. It's a Wall Street carnival with the securitized mortgages and the TIF financing and the sale of the credits. And to think that we need some kind a 30-year TIF to raise $750,000 in Cape Elizabeth is a joke. I mean, literally, the person associated with this project could make a couple of phone calls in about an hour and, I bet, raise $750,000. So to tie up this prime piece of real estate with this ridiculous Wall Street red tape just so they can suck public dollars as much as possible out of this project is just it's just disgusting it, it's it's absolutely it it there's an orgy of public money out there and people are desperate to find ways to capitalize on it and to use it but for god's sakes if there's going to be a big cash infusion for public housing it should not be in the center of cape elizabeth it should be in areas where there is real need. Uh, there is a need for affordable housing in Cape Elizabeth. We can provide it using a local solution that doesn't fleece the taxpayers at the, and and leave us with the same problem that we have now. And and and, in my view, really unfairly treat other small businesses in town who, you know, aren't institutional investors who are going to play these games on Wall Street, but would rather invest in affordable housing in a way that reflects our values, that provides a ladder up into the community for for families. This is not housing for families. They're one-bedroom units. Um, this, is, this is not about helping families get into neighborhoods where long-term economic security can be found. I mean, this is, it's, it's, not, it's not a reflection of my values. I, I, I want my tax dollars to be invested in a solution to affordable housing that actually will make a difference in improving the lives of people. This is not that. So um, I stand firmly against Dunham Court at this point. Um, I see no redeeming value whatsoever, and I don't see any reason why there has to be some rush to accomplish it. Um, And so I'm going to keep working on it. I hope there's a solution in any event. I think these zoning ordinance changes that you know whether you call them four or five. The bottom line is if you were, if there was an enforcement action because you built a building that was too high and had 
increased density and had too big of a footprint and didn't have commercial activity on the first floor and wasn't set back, you would have five or six violations. So the point is, is that they are asking for multiple exceptions to a zoning law, the, the biggest being a complete redefinition of affordable housing that will exclude our workforce and cause total disruption in the market. One thing I didn't mention earlier is that we currently have a requirement for commercial developers to set aside 5 or 10%, depending on the numbers, of units for affordable housing. Well, they use a, a definition that's different than what this affordable housing project uses. So how is that going to skew their numbers going forward? I mean, they, they, this is the process has been bad. The public policy is bad. This it's it's anti-capitalist it's not it's not the right thing and and i think um we just need to pay attention because what's happening is you know over the course of several zoom meetings this thing just blew up and now it's a runaway train and we're caught up in this ideological battle but this isn't an ideological battle this is a local problem that we should find at least try to find a local solution because we have all the resources we have the resources. This isn't a town that is needs uh, a huge infusion of government subsidy for a private corporation uh, to provide housing. It's just it's not what we need. It's not what we want. It's not what we can afford. We don't even know the costs. We haven't even done any analysis of the economic costs. There's in, it's impossible to do a cost-benefit analysis when you don't know the costs. You don't know the costs of the TIF. All these negotiations have been do done behind the scenes. We don't know how much profit margin is there that could be further negotiated to help in the effort to address the actual problems of Cape Elizabeth. So this is it's bad public policy, and um, stay tuned. I did request a freedom of access. Um, I went to inspect the public files. Nowhere in the public files is there communication between the developer and the town planner, which we know from Monday night's meeting exists because he said he gets... Uh, copied of, you know, all the public emails go to the developer, which I found astounding and um, not consistent with Maine's freedom of access law. And I've raised the issue, a concern of mine with the town council. I hope they address it. But that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. In any event, um, please stay, you know, stay alert, pay attention. Um, don't buy into the narrative that if you're opposed to this project, you're somehow an elitist because, this is like, it, it reminds me of when Governor Baldacci in 2007 made a big push to consolidate schools. I was in the House of Representatives and the town council at the, at the same time. And the, the, the idea was, well, there has to be this big push to consolidate our 290 school districts down to about 80 because there was this duplication of administrative costs and it was a waste of taxpayer money. And it wasn't, you know, money wasn't going where we wanted it to go, which was to the students. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. In the big scheme of things, that makes a lot of sense for a lot of areas. However, in Cape Elizabeth, it just didn't work with our numbers because we had a high-performing, highly efficient school district. And I'll tell you, it was a hard sell because I got so much of the same pushback that somehow this was an elitist position. It's like, no, this is just a smart position. It's not a good use of our tax dollars to consolidate Cape Elizabeth and, and you know, South Portland because... We already have a good school system, and it would cost more to do it. It's the same thing with Dunham Court. 
the solution that's being peddled by the main housing authority and the housing so-called experts who have their charts and their you know, PowerPoint presentations is that they're applying an urban definition, an urban solution to a suburban, very localized problem in a community that has a history of solving problems in ways that are much, much more creative um, and and smart and efficient than Dunham Court. So I hope you'll stay tuned. Um, love to hear what you think. And I'd love for you to keep listening to Keep Up. Please, if you could, I'd love for you to leave a comment. You can listen to Keep Up on iTunes or Spotify, SoundCloud. And if you could leave a comment and review, that'd be great. And until next time, this is Cynthia signing off. Take care.